Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. We have a great show for you because something is definitely afoot here today. Special guest Ed Fitzell from EverythingAboutSherlockHolmes.com will be talking about Sherlock Holmes films as well as actors who have portrayed this fictional master detective who was created over 120 years ago by author Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. You know, folks, more than 70 actors have appeared in upwards of 200 cinema projects featuring this popular character, and I understand the latest actor signing on as Sherlock is one of my favorites, Sir Ian McKellen, and the film is titled Mr. Holmes. It's scheduled for release in 2015, and I think Ed will be talking a little bit, or at least I hope he will, about that particular movie. Ed's company, which I mentioned, is called EverythingSherlockHolmes.com, is dedicated to helping people enjoy Sherlock Holmes, and I'm sure he'll be telling us more about that. Before we bring Ed on, though, I want to mention that the chat room is open for any listeners who would like to participate and uh, share their opinions and the comments about Sherlock Holmes. But I'm uh, sorry to say that our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, is not uh, with us today, but she's very sorry that she can't be here because she's a Sherlock Holmes fan, uh, just as I am. But we do welcome uh, listeners who sign up for the chat. We appreciate them, and we also appreciate Ed Fitzell for taking the time to be with us today. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Ed. Hi, Betty Jo. Thank you for having me. Well, it's great to have you with us, and um, it's caused quite a bit of excitement on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Ed. I was on uh, the Wacko Network morning show this morning and uh, talking with the gang over there about Sherlock Holmes, and the people got excited and started talking about their favorite uh, actors that played Sherlock Holmes. And then um, yesterday, uh, George Bettinger who is, I call him Mr. Show Business. He has a uh, show over on Dreamstream Radio called um, the Mom and Pop Shop Radio Show, and he conducted an interview with a character he calls Nasal Rathbone, and the two of them had a discussion about um, you coming on uh, Movie Attic Headquarters today and about uh, Sherlock Holmes. So that's the first time. That well, that I'm is, very flattered. That's fantastic. Yes. I was I was so surprised. Thanks so much to uh, uh, to the uh, people at the Wacko Network and to uh, George Bettinger, and um, we we really appreciate their uh, their support. 
but I think we should just get right down to business here because you know so much about Sherlock Holmes, and um, I'm just uh, expecting to learn a lot. I, I know that I've been uh, an avid fan of Sherlock Holmes uh, since my teenage days back in back in the olden times when I uh, watched prob- probably every Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes movie and, and loved them all. But how did you happen to become interested in Sherlock Holmes? Well, when I was a kid, uh, if you were sick and you stayed home from school, you got to watch TV. And back in those days, the independent TV stations all ran old movies. So I would spend a lot of time watching <clears throat> old black and white movies on the TV at home. And the Sherlock Holmes movies with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce were quite frequently on. And that's when I got introduced to him. Sounds like... You uh, you got started with with Basil Rathbone uh, just like I did. Yes, yeah, many people did, and uh, it's interesting to note that uh, he was really a, kind of a different character from what was originally intended. I think by Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, Basil Rathbone was a great actor, and all those fourteen films that he appeared in were all really entertaining and really very good. And uh, and that's that is one sort of facet of the Sherlock Holmes personality, um, but the the original character was a little bit darker. He was a little more, uh, <clears throat> how would you say it, uh, a little more difficult. Basil Rathbone was pretty smooth and debonair and didn't really offend people, whereas the original Sherlock in the, in the stories was kind of a acerbic, kind of uh, dark and moody kind of guy and very short with people and uh, just kind of would say things that uh, that he were at the top of his mind, almost kind of like he had Tourette's a little bit, and would just <laughs> blurt out things that about how he felt about people. So in the in the uh, in the books, he's surrounded by people like uh, Inspector Lestrade from Scotland Yard, who really isn't very good at his job, and Holmes bails him out of all the cases that he can't solve, right. and he's never he never short, never misses an opportunity to make some kind of nasty comment till the straight. Uh, <laughs> kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Hugh Laurie, uh, the character that he plays in, in House, uh, has that kind of a, a personality too, but not as not as smooth, not not smooth like uh, Basil Rathbone was in Sherlock Holmes. Well, I think that you, um, in some of the material that you sent to me, which I appreciate very much, you talked about uh, actually taking a trip to London to the Sherlock Holmes um, Museum. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yes, when we were there, I, uh, my son had, had read some of the stories in school, and he was still in junior high. <clears throat> and we went to London and went to the uh, Sherlock Holmes Museum, which is at 221B Baker Street. And that's not really the uh, the, the address, but they've kind of given it that address. And uh it's very near uh, where the original 221B Baker Street is. It's a it's a museum that's um, set up to look like the Victorian rooms that uh, Holmes and Watson shared, and that Mrs. Hudson took care of. And oh, it's really God. worth the trip. It's a wonderful little museum, and uh, it's right in a very central part of London. And uh, it's actually on Baker Street. And but the actual address is is really different from 221B. There never was a 221B. But uh, oh, but the bank there there was a bank branch there for years, and the bank branch, which was actually at 221 Baker Street, 
um, had a, an employee, a full-time employee, who answered mail that was uh, sent to Sherlock Holmes at 221 Baker Street. Oh, my gosh. That's, well, that must have been a, a lot of fun for you as well as your son. Yes, it was great. We got uh, we got to you know buy the deerstalker hat and see what it was like to uh, to live in these little cramped rooms that were kind of claustrophobic, but very well decorated and uh, very much of the period. It was great fun. I'm jealous. So <laughs> well, it's, it's still in existence, can... right? I could still make the trip over there. Next trip to London, <laughs> you're, you're going to be there. And see the Sherlock Holmes Museum. Well, why do you think Sherlock Holmes has remained popular for so long? I I mentioned that this character was created over 120 years ago. Um, And here it is, 2014, and we've got this uh, Ian McKellen movie that's coming out next year. We've got um, uh, Elementary, that's... uh, a version that's on TV right now, and the new yeah. one, uh, the Sherlock with with uh, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cum- uh, Cumberbatch, and and so uh, you know, so he's just that character is is uh, still popular. What? How do you explain that? Well, I think the you, one thing you mentioned is you mentioned Hugh Laurie in, in House, and he is a direct. Uh, uh, directly inspired from Sherlock Holmes and very much oh. like Sherlock Holmes. And, uh, you know, there's a play on words there, Holmes and House, and uh, Hugh Laurie yeah. has a, a good friend who's his sidekick, and he yeah. is he's a great, he's got a great mind and he's uh, great at deduction. So he is definitely another Holmes uh, iteration. <clears throat> but to, oh. to answer your question, it, the simple answer is, um, you know, what, what he's what's called an archetype, I guess, and I don't really know that much about uh, sociology or, or whatever, but he's he's kind of a, a universal character. He's not a superhero because he is human, mm-hmm. um, but he, what he has is he has uh, a great mind, <clears throat> and he does things that pretty much, if we really tried, we could we could kind of get closer to being like Holmes than just being ourselves. So he's somebody we kind of aspire to. And what he does is he takes information that's right there in front of everybody and he Mm -hmm. observes it in a little bit different way and he figures things out a little bit more quickly than everybody else does and he comes to a conclusion more quickly and solves the problems. And he kind of wants to do or he does what we all want to do, which is kind of have a, a Sherlock Holmes moment. You know, if you Ever, uh, you know, a friend comes to you and says, geez, I lost my glasses, I don't know where they are, and you sit, you ask him, well, where, where did you last wear them, and where have you been since then, and you go track him down and find his glasses for him, he's greatly appreciative, and you feel like you've done something kind of good. And it's Yeah, so there's a Sherlock Holmes in, inside all of us. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. that's really it. Good point, good point. So evidently this character was popular from the very beginning in the, in the books. Yes, in 1986, the first uh, version, the first uh, place where he appears is a Study in Scarlet, <clears throat> and it's a wonderful novel that uh, Conan Doyle uh, wrote and he invented the character. And in that first one, that's where Holmes and Watson meet each other. And Watson is a a surgeon, a British Army surgeon, returning from Afghanistan with an injury, and he wants to live in London, and he doesn't have a lot of money, and through a 
mutual friend he's introduced to Holmes, who's described as a before you see him as kind of this quirky uh, eccentric guy, but uh, somebody who needs to share a flat with somebody. And so Watson, who's the, the narrator in all, most of the stories, <clears throat> tells about how he meets Holmes for the first time. And uh, they get together, and then they go out on their first case together, which is a case that involves um, people from uh, the United States who were Mormons. And it, <clears throat> the whole story turns on a long history of the Mormons in the U.S. and Utah. And... Uh, it was very kind of um, detrimental or, or not very flattering to the Mormons, <clears throat> who Conan Doyle didn't know that much about. But uh, it's a great story. And it was immediately popular. And uh, he then followed it up with a, a book called The Sign of Four. Yes. And, he, and that's the second novel. And then he started doing the short stories. Mm-hmm. And, all and of the, people couldn't get in, get enough of this. I I understand. I mean, they just uh, it, this character was very much in demand. Sort of like the the work that um, Charles Dickens did. That people just were drew were drawn to right away. Exactly, and it was the same kind of uh, uh, publication. They were they were Dickens was serialized in magazines, and a lot of the home stories appeared in the Strand magazine. And um, people couldn't wait to get them. And the, and the magazine would, when it had a Sherlock Holmes story, the circulation would shoot up. And so it was. Uh, Conan Doyle was very successful with Sherlock Holmes. He was making a lot of money, but he also wanted to write other stuff. And uh, he wrote a number of other stories and novels, developed a couple of other characters. But Sherlock Holmes was very popular. But he then felt like he was captive. To Sherlock Holmes. Oh yes. And so he created Professor Moriarty, who was the arch enemy, and had Moriarty and Holmes die in a fall in the Reichenbach Falls in Switzerland. And, yes. Uh, that was it. He got rid of him, <clears throat> and it, and it made him very happy, but it made the public <laughs> very unhappy. <laughs> for sure. And so there was a great public clamor for him to to bring him back, which he finally did, and. He was also knighted. He's Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and he was knighted. And some people say that the only reason the king knighted him was because he wanted to encourage him to write more Sherlock Holmes stories. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we want our Sherlock Holmes stories. And and so the popularity was, was there, the uh, literary popularity. And, and then uh, along comes technology and... Uh, so we so we have uh, Sherlock Holmes and the movies, which is our main topic <laughs> of the day. Yes, yes, and thank heavens from from that. How, t- tell us uh, uh, how that developed uh, so quickly in the in uh, uh, the cinema. Well, he was a he was a you know, really um, popular character, and the public couldn't get enough of him. And they started making movies while uh, Conan Doyle was still writing. The, the really? original canon from Conan Doyle was uh, 56 short stories and four novels. And oh my so gosh. they started making movies of um, a number of them. Um, I think the first one was made about 1905. There's a very short, short movie that's uh, silent, of course, and it's called uh, Sherlock Holmes Baffled. And I think it was produced by uh, Thomas Edison. 
And mm-hmm. in it, Sherlock Holmes is uh, comes out, comes into a room, and then somebody comes and takes something from him, and then disappears. And it was kind of a way of showing what film could do. It was it was very uh-huh. that didn't last very long. It was just more of a demo piece. That, but it, they used the Sherlock Holmes name. And then mm-hmm. uh, even in in Germany and France, they started making Sherlock Holmes movies. Hungary started making them. Um, and they were making silence in the UK and in the United States. And uh, there was just a recent announcement. They've discovered in France the uh, 1916 uh, prints of a movie, the movie of the Sherlock Holmes play, and that was done by William Gillette. And William Gillette was a famous American actor who wrote to Conan Doyle and said, yeah, I'd like to... They'd like to do some Sherlock Holmes play or make a play out of Sherlock Holmes. And Conan Doyle said, well, here's the play. And he sent it back to Gillette. And Gillette said, do you mind if I do a little editing on it? And basically rewrote it and created this play, which was very successful from 1899 till Gillette stopped, I think, about 1929. But along the way, they made the movie of the play. And the the movie had disappeared, but it's going to be, it's resurfaced again in this archive in France. And the... San Francisco Silent Film Festival is going to run it next May. So oh, we'll be able great. To, yeah, we'll be able to see a movie that hasn't been seen in almost 100 years. That's fantastic, and I did not realize that there was the, the, a play, too. I was thinking of, you know, of course, the books, uh, the novels, the short stories, and the silent movies. And then, um, of course, then we come to TV, and... Uh, Hardly a year goes by that that there isn't something <laughs> related yes. to Sherlock Holmes. What what was the first uh, uh, the first time Sherlock Holmes appe- appeared on TV as a character? The first the first major series was in 1954 1955. <clears throat> it was produced by uh, Sheldon Reynolds, who um, who had bought the rights to Sherlock Holmes from the Conan Doyle estate. And produced, I think there are uh, 60 half hours. <clears throat> excuse me, 60 half hours of uh, of content, uh, with starring Reginald Howard, and who's the son of Leslie Howard, and Howard Marion. Uh, I can never remember his last name. But Crawford. Yes, Howard Marion Crawford. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting. They're, they're very good half-hour segments. They're very well produced. They're really entertaining. The scripts are great. The acting is great. And I think Howard Marion Crawford is, is one of the best Watsons that I've seen. He's uh, Really? Yeah. Uh, Watson's a wonderful character because he's a foil to Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And in the in the in the um, Basil Rathbone, he was Nigel Bruce played him as more of a buffoon than than he really is. Um, and Watson's the kind of guy who, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes will will just ignore danger and head headlong into it, and Watson will go with him. And so very often, yes. what what Sherlock says is, <clears throat> "I'm going to need you tonight, Watson." And there's a pause, and then he says, and, and Watson says, well, of course I'll be there. And uh, and then Sherlock Holmes will say, and bring your service revolver. And, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you know there's going to be trouble, and you know that uh, it'll be it'll be into entertaining. <laughs> yes, so that that is true. Well, I the first time I saw uh, Sherlock Holmes on television, it was. Um, 
uh, Jeremy Brett. Those are wonderful. Playing, uh, Sherlock Holmes and uh, talk about a, a serious performance. That that just uh, blew me away. And of course, lately, well, I haven't seen seen those Sherlock Holmes on uh, episodes on PBS lately, but. They do run them frequently, and I always try to watch them. And you know, I'll watch them more than once too, because are, I think the good. They're really good. Yeah, Jeremy Brett is. Uh, I think he's one of the best actors to play Sherlock Holmes because he he has the intensity, and he you see the the whole range of the character. You'll see him in some where he's waking up in the morning and he's completely hung over, and the first thing he does is you know, get a cigarette and try to figure out where the day is going. And then by the end of the day, he's got his hair combed and he's all dressed very neatly and he's just all business. And he's back out yes. there being Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> he's he's really one of the best, and that's a, a very nice segue into um, what I uh, wanted to ask you next. And uh, I think I know from from what you've said that uh, who who is your favorite Sherlock Holmes actor? And I I just am amazed at how many different actors have played Sherlock Holmes. And I, we've already mentioned um, Basil Rathbone and uh, Jeremy Brett, but I was looking at this list. Uh, Charlton Heston, and I don't remember seeing him. Michael Caine, I do remember yep. seeing him. Nicole William, Williamson, and I remember that, the 7% solution. Mm-hmm. John Cleese, I didn't remember, but in talking with the gang over at the Wacko Network this morning, um, Chuck Skull reminded me that John Cleese did do a parody of Sherlock Holmes on um, the Monty Python show and uh, uh, by the way speaking of chuck skull uh he's a host here on blog talk radio and coincidentally he's going to be playing some of the old radio shows uh on his golden age of uh radio which is this this weekend here on blog talk radio uh, i'm not sure whether it's saturday morning or sunday morning but but that i, I don't want to miss and uh uh, I forgot to mention that uh, Sherlock Holmes was on on radio. I I really never listened on radio. But anyway, John Cleese, Benedict Cumberbatch, Johnny Lee Miller, and Robert Downey, Downey. Jr. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, Larry so- Hagman. Larry Hagman actually played him in a TV movie in 1976 called The Return of the World's Greatest Detective. I did not know that. <laughs> Yeah, Larry Hagman. Uh, you know what was his name uh, of, uh, in Dallas? The guy who played uh, J- what was J.R. Yeah. Ewing in Dallas, and, and uh, Leonard Nimoy played him on the stage in uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company in 1976. I did not know that, and um, of course, uh, a lot of the uh, the actors that that you know about from from your research, you know, the early uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I've, I've missed those too. And uh, but is Jeremy Brett your favorite? I think it's a toss-up between Jeremy Brett and uh, and Benedict Cumberbatch. I think Benedict Cumberbatch does a great job. Uh, he's he's you know in the, Brett is in the Victorian era and Cumberbatch is the updated version. He's the modern era version, but he does do the the uh, the kinds of stuff that Sherlock would do. Uh, and you know he has a a digital map of the London subway embedded in his mind. And and they'll see him when he tries to figure something out. He can 
call up these maps and, and these images in his mind to figure out what he has to do next. And I think that's very similar to what Sherlock Holmes was able to do. <clears throat> and so I think he well, really... Well, you know, you know who, is, who is going to be happy to hear that you uh, speak so highly of Benedict, and that will be Nikki Starr when she listens to the archive version of today's show. <laughs> because oh, okay. That was one of the things she said, be sure to ask about Benedict Cumberbatch because she thinks he's doing such a great job. And um, I think that uh, second or third season starts soon on, I, I believe Well, it they're keeping it a mystery. It's the same the same problem with they, they have with Robert Downey Jr.'s third uh Sherlock Holmes movie is that the stars have these incredible schedules that uh, keep them mm-hmm. from you know committing to dates until very far out in the future. So the Robert Downey Jr. third version is um, is in uh, it's in development. I don't even think it's in production yet, but it's it's definitely going to come according to to Downey and Jude Law, who plays Watson. Well, I'm sure that it will because they've been so uh, so popular. Uh, speaking of Robert Downey Jr., what what is your impression of uh, his interpretation of uh, Sherlock Holmes? Well, I think what he does is he takes the uh, one one of the major sort of character traits of Sherlock Holmes is that when he gets on a case, he he just shuts out everything else and he just goes straight ahead, no matter where it leads him. And I think Downey does that really well. You'll see him where he he just has to take this to the end. He knows what's coming, and he knows what's going to happen, and he knows it might kill him, but he doesn't care. He just keeps going after it because it's solving the solving the problem is the most important thing, and everything else is secondary to that. So I think he does a great job with that. Um, and <clears throat> He's I, I liked his uh, physicality that he brought to the uh, to the role and. Uh, he was uh, brawny as well as brainy, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I like I like that. But then I'm very biased about Robert Downey Jr. I think he's he really is an excellent actor, and um, I, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the some of the movies, and maybe we can talk about those two movies after we finish talking about uh, more of the actors here. I thought I think in the information that you sent me, I remember you even mentioned Peter Lawford, and that I I just was shocked. I, I couldn't I can't imagine Peter Lawford as uh, as Sherlock Holmes, or was he in some other um, he was, he television? Was the, the Thin Man, but he did. Peter Lawford did make he did appear once as uh, Sherlock Holmes. I'm trying to find trying to remember where it was, um, but he was in the Thin Man, and I I, I mentioned him because uh, he was kind of a parallel to the way that the um, the the television version of Sherlock Holmes after the movies in the early television era were were very good. Uh, just the way uh, Peter Lawford was, he played Sherlock Holmes on a Fantasy Island episode in 1982. Okay. But what I was talking about Peter Lawford was uh, he was uh, the Thin Man, which was in the 1930s they had the Thin Man movies with Myrna Loy and William Powell. Oh, yes. And, and then in 19 in the 1950s on TV they had uh, the Thin Man TV series with Peter Lawford and Phyllis Phyllis Kirk I think her name was. And I think you're right. Yeah. And he was he was really good. He was uh, at least to a guy growing up in the sticks at the time he looked like the absolute embodiment of the sophisticated urbanite, <laughs> which he was. 
<laughs> that's hard. That's a hard act to follow, though. I think that yeah. really was. So I'm glad. I'm glad to know that he was able to to do uh, justice to it. Well, what about Nicole um, Williamson? I thought he was so. Um, I don't know. He was. He, he just was so. I think he's the most uh, cerebral. Uh, yes. Performers. I mean, you could just see see him with this in the seven percent solution. We're kind of tying the actors with the movies, but that's okay as long as we cover both. What What did you think about Nicole Williamson as Sherlock? I thought it was great. Uh, he was he was I think he was a Shakespearean actor, but he kind of had the, a very strong kind of presence when he was ever when he was on screen, and and the way he spoke and carried himself. I thought he was great as Sherlock Holmes. I thought that was a really wonderful movie. Yes, and, and Alan Arkin was Alan Arkin played Sigmund Freud, and he was great in that too. And Robert Duvall as Watson was fantastic. And wasn't Lawrence Olivier Moriarty in that, or do I have that mixed up with another movie? I'm not. Sure. I don't think it was Olivia. Uh, there was. Uh, it was a, an evil count in that one. I don't think Moriarty. Oh no! Wait, maybe he was. Moriarty was. In that one, Moriarty was just a sort of a nice old guy who wasn't. Yeah. And, and uh, it was, he was. It was a fantasy of Sherlock that he was out to get him. Yeah. Exactly. I. I have to see that again. I do watch that movie whenever it comes on television. But you know, I can't remember. Michael Caine, and I know that he he played Sherlock Holmes, and Michael Caine is one of my favorite actors, so maybe I wasn't that impressed with him. Do you recall Michael Caine as Sherlock Holmes? Yeah, it's, it's, it's without a clue, and he's kind of a bumbling, kind of silly character, and uh, he gets oh. everything wrong, and uh, I forgot who plays Watson, but whoever plays Watson figures things out for him, and then he takes the credit for it. It's, uh, uh, yeah, now I remember. Now, now I remember. I, 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 I didn't yes. really think. Ben it Kingsley didn't seem. Yeah, ben, I did, didn't ben do Kingsley much. Is Watson? Who was Watson? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley was Watson. Now I see some of the images. Yeah, I see some of the images in that. Um, I'm going to have to. Uh, go to Netflix and and reorder some of these or over over to your to your site. But tell me what your favorite movie Sherlock Holmes movies are. Uh, well, you mentioned Seven Percent Solution. I like that one a lot. Um, uh, I'm well. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I'm really excited to see Mr. Holmes when that comes out with Ian McKellen, and that's coming out I think next year. But so uh, that's already kind of a. It, it's going to go on the favorite list until proven otherwise. Uh, Which one? Sight unseen. Uh, Mr. Holmes with Ian McKellen. Oh, Mr. Holmes. <laughs> yeah, that's already on mine. Yeah. <laughs> but what, do you do you have information as to what it's about? It's uh, it's based on the book A Slight Trick of the Mind, and it uh, it's the story of Sherlock Holmes when he's 93 years old and living in retirement and keeping bees in a farm in Surrey, a rural part of England, and he goes to Japan. It's, a, it's 1947, and he goes to Japan to track down somebody about an old case and sees the devastation from the atomic bomb drops. And then he comes back to England, and he tries to figure out, uh, he continues to try to figure out this case that uh, he never quite solved, and it was his last case. And Laura Linney plays his housekeeper, 
And uh, oh, Laura Linney. Yeah. Ah. And uh, she has a young son who he kind of takes under his wing, and uh, the two of them kind of develop a friendship. The the young boy and the the, the old detective. And uh, and he really is kind of contemplating the meaning of everything, and sort of suffering from the fact that his intellectual powers are declining, but still, you know, still trying to figure it all out. That sounds that sounds great to me. I I can hardly wait to to see that. And you mentioned also uh, in some of the information that you sent me about uh, so, uh, some of the silent movies, Copper Beaches, The Devil's Foot, um, Holmes's Sherlock Holmes's Fatal Hour, and uh, that that makes me want to ask you about your site. I want to make sure that you have time to talk to our listeners about what they can find on every everything Charlotte, SherlockHolmes.com. Right. Well, what we have is, you mentioned radio shows. We have radio shows. We have the uh, a lot of the books you can read. There's uh, 50, uh, 50 of the books and uh, novels are in the public domain, so you can read those on our site. And then we have audio versions of each of those. And then we have some of the old radio shows from uh, World War II, the World War II era, and a little bit later than that, uh, that are, are Basil Rathbone and, and uh, Nigel Bruce. Um, and then we have uh, about 40 hours of film, which includes um, two of the Basil Rathbone movies, or excuse me, four of the Basil Rathbone movies, uh, some Arthur Wattner movies. Arthur Wattner was the one of the early Sherlock Holmes, uh, one of the first ones in the, in the talkie period. And we have the Silver Blaze, uh, Silver Blaze, uh, that has him, and it's uh, a really very well done uh, black and white talkie movie starring Arthur Wantner. And Arthur Wantner looks exactly like Sherlock Holmes. He has that uh, profile, a sharp profile, and the, the hair combed back, and the uh, the aquiline nose. Um, he's just really, really well done as uh, as a character of uh, Sherlock Holmes. <clears throat> we have all of the um, the Sheldon Reynolds uh, TV series from the 1954-55. And uh, we have a lot of other... Uh, you mentioned Copper Beaches. That's a, one of the silence. Um, we mm-hmm. have um, the, the Devil's Foot, which is another one of the silence. The Devil's Foot is one of the, one of the, the short stories and uh, follows the story quite nicely. Um, and then we have some other things. Uh, there's some parodies. Um, uh, there's a, a number of. Um, well, actually, we have one of the the. the um, um, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the characters. The uh, not the dead end kids, but the kids that came before that. The uh, uh, Spanky and our gang crew. <clears throat> they they do a Sherlock Holmes parody. Uh, <laughs> we have that, and we have uh, uh, one with uh, called. Uh, I'm trying. I'm forgetting the name right now, but. Uh, uh, the Leaping Fish, which is a, another silent, um, <clears throat> excuse me, parody of Sherlock Holmes. It's really interesting to watch. Um, and that's the one uh, that uh, D- Douglas Fairbanks did. Yes, it's Douglas Fairbanks, and uh, it, it picks up on the, the cocaine use by by Sherlock Holmes, and, and just makes a great parody out of that. Um, oh, I I 
I can hardly wait to, to see that. But you've got other things there on your site, too, that the listeners should know about. So what else uh, other than, than uh, viewing and listening? Well, we have a calendar. There's a, there are a lot of people who are uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, very serious Sherlock Holmes aficionados, and they belong to Sherlock Holmes societies. There's one major one called um, the Baker Street Irregulars, which is in New York. And that's they publish a journal of scholarship about Sherlock Holmes and about Conan Doyle's writing, and and uh, they have a get together every January in New York, and they all get together and um, have a dinner and a whole weekend in New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, there's another one, the Sherlock Holmes Society of London, which gets together every year. And one of the things they did was they. Their last major dinner they had, they got the uh, dining room at the House of Parliament. And if you were a member and you paid your dues and you dressed up in, you know, formal wear, you could come to this dinner and sit in the House of Commons and uh, and dine where the legislators dine. Um, and oh, they wow. do they do a lot of uh, meetings and everything. Then there's a there's just hundreds of these societies. So you'll have like a major society, and then you have your feeder societies, smaller ones in um, different parts of the country. And then there's other startup societies. And one of those is um, the Baker Street Babes, which is uh, women who are members of this society that uh, takes Sherlock Holmes just as seriously as the as the Baker Street Irregulars. And they publish work, <laughs> and they do. Uh, conferences and they have very serious discussions about what goes on in the Sherlock Holmes stories. So oh, that sounds great. What about this new web series that I've heard you talk about? Uh, uh, that uh, a young uh, actress is uh, uh, doing now. I, I believe her name is Lauren Tess. Yes, yes, we're really proud of that. Lauren is a, an actress in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, she as a child, uh, loved Sherlock Holmes and, and said, you know, I really would like to grow up and be like Sherlock Holmes, um, and sort of kept the interest. And when she uh, became old enough to do things on her own and become an actress on her own, she said, well, why don't I create my own Sherlock Holmes series, which is she titled Whitlock, and it's about... Whitlock? Whitlock, and it's so- Sophie Whitlock, and um, her her sidekick is a woman named Fawn Watkins and they uh they solve a murder that takes place in the Hollywood Hills and it's a web series it's all of about I think it's about five or six episodes and we have all those on our site and hopefully we'll be able to get another wetlock into production oh that is just great I'm just so pleased with all of the things that uh, that you're doing with your site and I hope the listeners will will take advantage of uh, of what you have to offer and that's uh, com. am I correct Absolutely And um I, I'm I'm promising you after the holidays I I will be one of the regular visitors at your <laughs> And everything. We'll be be happy to have you. Everything, Sherlock Holmes. I really can't believe that the uh, the time has has gone by so fast, and and we've there's so much more that we could talk about. You know, we probably should schedule another show with you. Would you be willing to come back and um, visit with us later? I'd love to. 
great. I, I'm going to now uh, t- uh, take time to uh, play a message, a uh, very brief message from one of our loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts, Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters, Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny! <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. I I can't. I didn't show Nancy the money, but I did buy her her very funny CD, which is called "Color Me Crazy." And I I hope that listeners will listen to Nancy's very funny comedy concept show right here on Blog Talk Radio every Friday and morning, Friday and Monday mornings at 10:30 Eastern Time. Also, be sure to check out the Mom and Pop Shop Radio Show, which I mentioned earlier. It's hosted by Mr. Show Business himself, and it's uh, that's George Bettinger. And that's on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Very, very entertaining. And I already mentioned also not to forget the wonderful, diverse shows on the Wacko Network here on Blog Talk Radio with Wacko Bob and Chuck Skull and Kat Vecchioni and Richard B. Smart, the whole gang. Really, I really thank them for the support they give Movie Addict Headquarters. Well, I am so sorry to say that our time is almost up, and I want to thank you so much, Ed, for being such a terrific guest. Well, and thank uh, you. I'm going to look forward to, to you coming back on the show. Anytime, and it was a wonderful chance to talk with you, Betty, and uh, you're a wonderful host, and I look forward oh, to coming thank back. thank you. Thank you. It was my pleasure, and I want to give a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support, and special thanks to Nikki Starr for her help and everything she does to make sure that uh, that Movie Addict Headquarters uh, happens. And I hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time to hear award-winning filmmaker Rachel Mason talk about her new rock musical film, The Lives of Hamilton Fish. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. To get us in the mood for next week's show, let's go out with my favorite song from another great rock musical, The Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's astounding. Time is fleeting, madness takes its toll, but listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control.
to the left. 